Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. So today we're going to talk about fathers since it's Father's Day and I specifically want to just discuss with us um, the voice of a father and, and, and specifically the power of a voice, of a father's voice. Um, why, why are father's voice is so powerful we all have fathers we might not all have known our fathers but we all have fathers and in all of our lives either through presence or through absence uh, fathers have played an a significant role and um, a father's voice is very powerful i remember there was this one iconic scene in the original star wars series where darth vader the the main villain <laughs> Uh, you know, with his mask, you know, and he had that, you know, that funny breathing sound that he made, um, all in black. You know, he has this lightsaber fight with with Luke Skywalker, the the main protagonist, um, the hero of the story, if you will. And at one stage, uh, Darth Vader tells Luke, um, "I'm your father." You know, in that that voice of his. Uh, some of you might remember that that video clip. And um, Luke's response is, is, is interesting. You know, he goes like, no, you know, completely distraught and so on. And you, you can see that the fact that he's been told that Darth Vader is his father um, impacts him. You know, the reason for that is um, because... Fathers play such an important role in our identity, in who we are. Now, for those of us who are Afrikaans like me, this was no surprise. Uh, interestingly enough, the name Vader is actually the Afrikaans ver- version of father. Father. Uh, so, so we were like Darth Father. Yes, you know it makes sense. You know, we we knew you know something like that was coming. <laughs> but um, you know, to everyone else, it was like this big surprise. You know, uh, t- him telling Luke, Vader telling Luke, "I'm your father." And um, Luke Skywalker's response, you know, his distraught response, it tells you that the fact that Darth Vader is his father doesn't only say something about Darth Vader, it says, according to Luke, something about him. And for all of us, in a sense, that is the same. Uh, fathers have been given a, a, a great power in terms of what they say and, and who they are of imparting a sense of identity to children and a sense of of worth and um, that is a, a great power but um, you know to quote another um, uh, movie with great power comes great responsibility you know with that power that God has given us um, in our voices as fathers to represent him comes a great responsibility and the, and the problem is of course and many of you that problem is coming up in in your hearts right now is that Um, Not all fathers are good and impart a good identity to their children. And not all fathers are even present in order to impart identity uh, to to their children. And what do you do in cases like that? And we'll we'll get to that um, as well as we we talk about this. But but it's important to note um, that fathers have a great uh, power to impart identity. And I just want to read a scripture that that sort of relates to that in Luke... um, Chapter 3, from verse 21 to 22, thought it was appropriate since we're talking about Darth Vader saying to Luke, 
Skywalker, I'm your father, that we just read from the Gospel of Luke. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as, uh, and as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And we see here the Heavenly Father imparting identity or affirming the identity of Jesus. Affirming who he is. He says, you are my son whom I love. Uh, literally my beloved. In you I am well pleased. And um, we see in this text the, 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 the Heavenly Father sort of um, showing the power of a father's voice to to affirm, impart and affirm identity. We we also know, of course, that you know physically science also to some extent confirms this in in that the X or Y chromosome that 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 we have as men or women um, comes from our father. Uh, our mothers pr- pr- provide only an X chromosome, and the father is the one who provides either X or a Y chromosome that determines our gender identity, whether we're male or female. Um, you know, in, in the olden days, in Jesus' day, uh, the, the Jews um, used to circumcise their children. So a Jewish father would, on the eighth day, circumcise his son, give his son a name, and also impart his own name, his surname. So, you know, Simon Peter was called Simon, son of Jonah. So not only did he receive his name, but also his surname. You know, his identity was linked to his name, but which was given by his father, but also his father's name, son of Jonah. Um, and likewise, we receive a surname from, from our fathers. Um, and all of that to say that there's a very powerful responsibility uh, and power that God has given to fathers to impart and Affirm identity, and that's one of the things that we need most as this modern generation is is, is really a sense of identity. And as fathers, um, often modern fathers don't know how to be fathers because maybe they have not themselves been fathered. That that sense of identity crisis and identity confusion is actually on the increase, as we can see the world over. And so I just want to look at this text and, and highlight a few things uh, that we learn about, um, about fathers. Uh, the first thing is, I just want you to notice three things. Um, is to sort of summarize that the father, the heavenly father, the voice speaking from heaven uh, at Jesus' baptism, he affirms Jesus. As the Holy Spirit comes down upon him as a dove, the Father's voice speaks from heaven and he affirms Jesus. So, so there's an affirmation and that affirmation uh, sort of has three parts. He says, you are, he affirms his identity. You are what? You are my son. In other words, acceptance. I accept you as my son. I acknowledge you as my son. Um, whom I love. Affection. So acceptance and affection. I love you. Uh, in you I am well pleased, approval, I approve of you. And that is such a, a powerful pattern for us and uh, where the Father, the Heavenly Father models to us as earthly fathers how to be good fathers and how to affirm our children and f- affirm the identity of our children. And um, let me just go through those uh, very quickly. So he says, you are, and, and, and he affirms Jesus' identity. And likewise, we as earthly fathers um, 
should affirm the identity of our children. Our children need that affirmation. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's this sort of popular cultural idea that you can find yourself, you know, sort of find your own identity or find yourself. And people will go sort of for a year, go somewhere and to go and find themselves. But I've heard of very few people who have really found themselves. And even those who say they found themselves on, on, on those things uh, and those sort of where they go away to find themselves, um, you know, often it's later revealed that no, they didn't, really didn't find themselves. They still don't have a, a settled sense of identity. And what we do see is that a sense of identity is not really something that you find, but something that is imparted to you. It's very hard for us as human beings, you know, difficult as it is for us to admit, it's, it's very hard, basically impossible for us as human beings to find a sense of identity all by ourselves. We need, that, that sense of identity needs to be imparted to us. And fathers have a, a very privileged position and a great responsibility that the, that the Lord has given us to impart that sense of identity to to our um, children. I, I remember my, my youngest son, Ethan, he's um, recently turned four years old um, and he's, he's a really active, um, you know, little guy, um, quite strong for his, for his age and, he, and he, likes, he likes wrestling. So he'll say to me, Papa, I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle, Papa. Let's go and wrestle. And then we must go to the room and, and, and on our, uh, our double bed, we must, we must wrestle. And he loves that. He just, he just really likes that. And then when I, when I affirm him and I say to him, oh, you know, Ethan, you're such a strong man. Then, you know, the wrestling goes to the next level and he, st- and he starts making sort of appropriate, you know, sound effects as well. He's like, Arr! you know, and he's fighting with me and wrestling with me. And, and, and you can, I can just see how that affirmation just sort of encourages, you know, whatever I affirm in him, it sort of brings it out in him. And he wants to show me, yes, you know, I am a strong man. I'm going to show you now. I'm going to be what you say I am. And, and, and that's the, the, the power of affirmation that we as fathers often have. You know, when we tell our daughters, you're beautiful, not just on the outside, but on the inside. Uh, you have such a beautiful uh, character. You're so, you're so kind. You know, it, it really does something to them. Or, or um, you know, when we affirm, um, you know, the, our daughter's femininity or, or our son's masculinity or just who they are, it, it, it's very powerful. Um, but then also... He doesn't only say you are, you are affirming the identity, but he says you are my son. And in that sense, the Heavenly Father for Jesus was affirming not only that he was a son, but that he was his son. You're mine. You belong to me. You're part of my family. I accept you as mine. You, 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 you come from me. And, and there's a... There's a powerful sense of settling in our identity that happens when we hear that. You are my son. You are my child. And in a sense, we all need to hear that. And we see, we see that need so often in children, for instance, who are adopted, um, who don't know who their parents are, who don't, doesn't, who don't know who their, their father is. Uh, and, and that searching, you know, and that, that sort of feeling of if I find out who my father is, I'll find out a bit more about who I am. Uh, because that's where I come from. And of course, the mother also plays an important role in this. Even though we're focusing on the father, don't think that we are thereby implying that the mother doesn't play an important role. I think the mother plays an absolutely crucial role. Um, I think um, a mother's 
the power of a mother lies even more than in an identity. I think it lies in the area of trust. I think the first person a child learns to trust is his or her mother. And if they don't trust, they never they don't learn to trust their mother. They struggle with trust issues for the rest of their life. So, so mothers have a, a similar power, complementary, not quite the same. Uh, but but similar and 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 the same in in terms of its power in terms to form us. Um, so so that acceptance, you are my son. I accept you for as mine, as part of my family. Um, you belong to me. And then he says, whom I love. Literally in the Greek, it's my beloved, uh, ho agapetos. Um, and and agapetos, you might recognize in that word um, the one of the the Greek words for love, agape. And, and you might know that you get eros, which is romantic um, love, sexual love. You, you, you get philos, which is sort of um, what you call it, friendship, uh, a deep friendship. Um, and then you get agape, which the Bible, the New Testament at least, uses as unconditional love. In other words, the father was saying to him, you are my son. I accept you. And I love you unconditionally. You are my beloved. I agape you. I I love you unconditionally. And um, children need to hear that from their father. That that you are not only mine, but and I don't only accept you as mine, but I love you. I, I have a deep, unconditional affection and love for you. I love you as mine. And um, I, I remember sort of growing up in our culture, Africana culture of a generation or so ago, it, it wasn't really acceptable um, or commonplace to show affection, especially physical affection. You know, at most we'll sort of give each other a kiss on the cheek or on the lips or something like that. Um, but one of the things I learned, you know, in the church was was to show physical affection and and to 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 hug and and my my children love sitting on my lap and 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 hugging me and that's something I remember even though uh, you know in our family you know there was less you know growing up there was less physical affection being shown I remember one of the things that that we did do was was sit on my dad's lap and I remember my older brother he's about fourteen months older than I and and I when we were very young three four odd years old sitting on my father's lap and and just that sense of um, being loved and accepted and and yes you know I feel like I'm in the right place and often we'd fall asleep there on my dad's lap and it sort of carry us to bed and and put us in bed and and it does something that 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 sense of affection but but not only that children don't only need to feel the affection they need to hear the affection they need to be told you are beloved I do love you and I love you unconditionally I don't love you because um, of what you have done or because you've reached my standards. Uncondition- conditional love in, in many ways inevitably leads to rejection because inevitably children cannot live up to the conditions in order to receive the love. Uh, and, and, and conditional love leads to constant sense of rejection because every time you feel I'm not living up to the standards, the conditions in order to be loved, you actually register it as Rejection when when you receive only conditional love, but the only way we can we can get rid of that sense of rejection is through the unconditional love that the Father models here to Jesus when He says, "You you are my beloved. I agape you. I love you." Uh, and then the next one is approval. He says, um, "With you, I am well pleased." 
he knew I'm well pleased. And uh, the the Greek word there is eudokaisa. Um, and dokeo is, is a word to seem, and you means like well or good. Um, now, now, usually, you know, or often when you when you put words together like that, you know, they don't, you cannot usually trace back the, the meaning of, of the new word back to its roots. But, but in this case, the roots actually show us um, a, a little bit about the meaning of, of the word that they, that, that they form together. Yudokaisa means you, you seem good to me. You are, I, I approve of you. Um, I experience you as good. And the interesting thing for me, and this relates back to our previous point of the unconditional love, the affection of the Father, unconditional affection of the Father, is that the Father says this to Jesus at his baptism before he preached one sermon um, or did one miracle. Well, I guess you could say when he was 12 years old in, in the temple, he did some ministry there. And, and I'm sure he did some uh, ministry elsewhere that the Bible doesn't tell us about. But, but his public ministry hadn't started yet. He hadn't started uh, doing uh, miracles. He hadn't um, started preaching the kingdom of God in all earnest. Um, he hadn't died for the sins of the world uh, so heroically as he, as, he, as he would do at the end of the gospel. But before all of that happens, even before all of that happens, the Father already says, I'm well pleased in you. Uh, which shows that it's, that it's once again, it's unconditional uh, love and affection and approval that, that, that is received here. And um, that is what we as fathers must do. We must affirm the identity of our children like the Heavenly Father did for Jesus uh, through acceptance, affection, and approval and expressing that through our voices like the Heavenly Father does on a regular basis. Now, like I said, some of you might see a problem with this uh, in, in that you might say, but hang on, you know, what if my father um, wasn't absent, you know, uh, wasn't present, he was absent and, and he, he couldn't speak those words to me. You know, what do I do then? Or even worse, what, is, what if my father... Um, was abusive and and he used that power of a father's voice not to affirm my identity but to break it down not to build me up but to crush me and to damage me Um, and and the reality is that happens but this passage and some other passages that we're going to refer to show us how we can uh, deal with that in fact one of the passages I want to look at is also in the gospel of Luke just a few chapters later in Luke 11 from verse 11 to 13 uh, and where we got the ideal picture of the heavenly father who who says to Jesus you're, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased here in Luke 11 we have a con- contrast between the perfect heavenly father and imperfect earthly fathers and and listen to what um, what Luke says here and what Jesus says which of, our, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And very powerful um, passage uh, of, of Scripture there. But what it tells us very clearly is... That there's a contrast between the perfect heavenly father and the imperfect earthly fathers. And, 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 and yet Jesus is speaking to Father and says, Which of you fathers um, 
will fail to give good gifts to your children if they ask them. And then he says, how much more? And you can hear in, in those words the contrast uh, and the comparison with the, with the heavenly father. He says, how much more? If you then being evil, and, and those are sort of jarring words, you know. Um, if you then being evil, and say, well, Jesus, do you really think that we're evil? And, um, you know, it, it seems like Jesus' standard is, is, is so high. Um, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the best gift, the Holy Spirit, as He gave to Jesus at His baptism, to those who ask Him, as Jesus asked, while He was praying, that the, that the Holy Spirit came down upon Him. So, here's the reality. <laughs> According to God's standard, um, you know, to put it bluntly like Jesus did, you know, us as earthly fathers, we're evil. Now, now, even though that might seem jarring to you, uh, you might say, well, you know, hang on you know, I'm, I'm actually not that bad, you know, when it comes to a dad. I'm, I'm a pretty good dad, you know. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm evil, you know. That's the, evil is a hard word. But the reality is we tend as human beings to make the standard of being good just low enough so that we qualify. And and, and Jesus sort of critiques that here. And he, and he says, you are Yes, you do give good gifts to your children. You do very often give good gifts to your children. You do often say good things to your children. You do often do good things to your children. But God's standard is perfection. In other words, it's not good enough to just sometimes give good gifts, say good things, and do good things to your children. You have to do that all the time. So... When comparing us as earthly fathers to God as a heavenly father who always only gives good things, always only says good things, always only does good things, um, even when it's hard things, even when it's discipline, you know, his standard is perfect. And compared to that perfect standard of the heavenly father, compared to that, we are evil as human beings. And it takes humility, obviously, to accept that. But accepting that is the first step into into growing and changing and becoming more like the, the heavenly father so so what he's saying here is is quite powerful because he says you cannot as earthly fathers you cannot be perfect fathers but you can point to the perfect heavenly father through comparison and contrast um, of your life and that means that you know when we do give good gifts even though we're imperfect earthly fathers when we do give, give good things good, good gifts when we do say good things when we do good things to our children as um, most fathers do at least some of the time we are through that pointing to the perfect heavenly father as imperfect earthly fathers we are pointing to the perfect heavenly father and saying if we who are far from perfect can do these good things to you and it can have such a powerful impact on your life. How much more, if you receive from the Heavenly Father, will that have an impact on your life? How much more good things will He give, say, and do to you? And how much more of an impact will that have on your heart? And, you know, we, we really need this. We, we so desperately need this. All of us as human beings, we... we we need that affirmation. I've been watching the social media recently, and there's been a big storm in social media. Even though I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't spend that much time on social media. Even I've noticed that um, there's been this big storm around the killing of George Floyd, and just the reality that black people have, for generations, experienced that 
they are not seen, they are not affirmed, they are not accepted, uh, th- their worth is denied. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking how powerful, I mean, th- that all of that oppression and abuse and discrimination just lifts out again the need that we as human beings have to just receive that from the Father. And even if other people say it, yes, it'll help some. Um, and other people need to say it. But ultimately, through other people, it just needs to be pointed to the Lord. And, and we ultimately need to hear the Lord say it uh, to really get that affirmation uh, that, that we need. Um, so every bit of good that we give, every good gift that we give, every, whether it's something we say, do, or, or an actual gift that we give, actually gives our children ammunition to be able to relate to the perfect heavenly father um, more easily and 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 therefore we as fathers must must really take up this responsibility of using our voices to affirm and to strengthen and we must take this um, seriously what do we do if we recognize that okay i had a good father um but even the best he could do wasn't good enough. He didn't really give me the affirmation that I need. Or my father was absent and, and I didn't receive any affirm- any of that affirmation. Or worse, um, my father was there, but he, but he abused me. Maybe he was an alcoholic. Maybe he, dr- he drank. And when he got drunk, he said terrible things, physically abused you, verbally abused you uh, and your mother or something like that. What I do in that case. And this text in, in, in Luke 11 also tells us, um, firstly... We need um, God as our Father. And to, to be able to do that, we need to recognize two things that this text just alludes to. He says, if you then, though you are evil, firstly, we must accept God's standard of perfection and admit, according to that standard of perfection, we fall far short. We are actually evil. Um, in other words, we are so sinful that God ought to reject us because God hates evil. But then he goes on to say, if you then, though you are evil, know to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in him? And so he's saying to people that he just in the same sentence said are evil. He's saying that God is your your father in heaven. So God, the good news of the gospel is that God can be the father in heaven to people who are very far from perfect, who are in fact, according to God's perfect standard, evil. And then he also tells us, um, you know, the, the way that, that that can happen. And that happens through the Holy Spirit. He says, how much more will your uh, Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Uh, and, you know, if we want to know what pleases the Father, the previous verse that we read in Luke uh, 3 verse 22, where at Jesus' baptism, the Father says, you are my b- beloved son. You are my son I, uh, whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. What pleases the Father? The Son, Jesus, pleases the Father. And if we want to please the Father, we either need to be like Jesus, which, of course, Jesus himself says none of us are. We all fall far short of, of, of his perfect standard. Or we need to be in the Son. And that is what happens with the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit that we step into covenant, by receiving the Holy Spirit, that we step into covenant with uh, the Father through Jesus Christ, that we are in Christ. Now it's you get 
into that covenant place of being in Christ by the Spirit being in you, by receiving the Spirit from the Father. Um, that's how we enter the new covenant. And that, when you are in Christ, then like God is Jesus's heavenly Father, God becomes your heavenly Father. And then the amazing thing is that the Father says to us, what he says to Jesus because he sees us as he sees Jesus because we are in Jesus. And he says to us, you are my beloved son and daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, in fact, there's a, a scripture, I'm not going to read it now, in Jesus' prayer, his high priestly prayer in John 17. And he constantly prays. Uh, Father, you know, Heavenly Father, Righteous Father, Holy Father. Uh, and, then, uh, and then in verse 23, he says, That the world might know that you have sent me and have loved them, my disciples, those who are in me, as much as you have loved me. And that boggles my mind, you know, even years after discovering it. You know, I could always understand, yes, God, I can understand that you love Jesus. He's so perfect. He's so holy. He has never sinned. He's so obedient. He has never disobeyed you or never even resisted you. He's, he's so heroic. He sacrificed his life for, you know, to save the lives of, you know, unthankful people, sinful people like me. You know, I, I can understand, Father, that you love Jesus, but you love me? And, and that realization that, you know, because when I look at myself, I, I see no reason in me why the Father should love me. Because I'm far from perfect. I am evil, as, as Jesus says in, um, in Luke 11 verse 13. You know, according to the standard of perfection, I fall far short. So when I look at myself, I see no reason why the Father should love me. And, you know, that step of faith, of saying, of realizing that when I'm in Christ, the Father feels about me as he feels about Jesus. And just imagine how proud the Father feels of Jesus. How the Father accepts Jesus. You're, you're my son. How, how, how much affection and love he feels for Jesus. My beloved. You're so heroic. You sacrificed yourself for, for the world. In whom I'm well pleased. And think about the fact that if you are in Christ, the Father feels exactly the same way about you. And it's by receiving the Holy Spirit that we not only become God's uh, children, um, but are empowered to receive God's affirmation of us and to hear God's voice when He said, You who are in Christ, you are my beloved son and daughter in whom I'm well pleased. I feel that way about you. And, and I just want to encourage you to just for a moment just sense that deep sense of affection, acceptance, approval that the Father feels for you in Christ. If you have never experienced that, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and never been um, accepted into His family, then now's an opportunity to do that. Just pray and say, God, I, I, I want... I want to turn, I want to acknowledge that, yes, by your perfect standard, I am evil. But, but thank you that, despite that, you can be my heavenly Father through Christ Jesus. Please give me your Holy Spirit. And that's what it says. That it gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Just like Jesus was praying, you know, in the water, standing in the water, praying when He received the Holy Spirit. 
as he just come up of the, up of, out of the water, he was praying and the Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove. Likewise, he says, we must pray and we must ask. And I just want to give you an opportunity because whether you want to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time in order to, to become a child of God, or whether you've received the Holy Spirit before and you, can, you, you want to just be again filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says in um, in Acts that even if, if you've already been f- already if you already are full of the Spirit, you can still be filled with the Spirit. Just I want to give you a minute. Just close your eyes right there where you are. And just pray and say, Father, please give me your Holy Spirit. And with your Holy Spirit, please give me that affirmation that I need, that acceptance, that af- that, that, that affection, that approval that I so desperately need. I'm just going to give you a minute or so to pray right there where you are at home. You know, a couple of years ago, I really had a a deep sense of of illegitimacy. You know, I was at at university and um, no sense of being unconditionally loved by the Father. I remember one day God led me to go up into the mountain. We were at at a church camp and I went up into the mountain and I prayed. And... I didn't change. It's not like I became better so that I could more easily accept that God loved me and approved of me. But I just accepted the fact that God loved me, loves me in Christ just the way I am because of Christ. And I just decided, I made a decision. I chose to believe that because I'm in Christ, God loves me just the way I am and that He'll always love me just the way I am. And that I decided to interpret all of life in light of God's love for me. And if I had not experienced that love of the Father, if I had not made that decision, I would not be able to stand before you today and do what I'm doing today. I was just too insecure. And that is what I pray for you as well. Father, I pray, Lord, that every sense of illegitimacy will be removed and that your perfect love as you give us your Holy Spirit, that you will come with your perfect love and that you will affirm us with the affirmation we so desperately need, that your perfect um, acceptance, your perfect affection and love, your perfect approval of us in Christ will be poured out in our hearts through your Holy Spirit and that through your Holy Spirit we will hear you say, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. Thank you that your word says in Romans 8 verse 16 that the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, that we are accepted, that we are beloved. And Lord, I just pray for every single person that's hearing my voice today, wherever they are. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll that you'll come upon them. Thank you, Lord, that 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 they could just that we could have just asked now, Lord, just say, Father, give us your Holy Spirit. And and I just pray that every single person that you'll that you'll hear those prayers. Holy Spirit, that you'll just descend in a new way on every single person and impart that sense of identity. Oneness with Christ. And open up our ears to hear the Father saying what we so desperately need Him to say to us. And we pray, Lord, that that for the rest of our lives, that will determine our identity. That will determine our sense of worth and approval. And not what other people have thought of us or do think of us. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. And to all the fathers, let's trust God that He will use us 
even as imperfect earthly fathers, to do and say good things, affirm identity, and even though we do it imperfectly, to point to Him as the perfect heavenly Father. And that many hearts will be healed. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.